Hi, this is Jay Todd Anderson, and you are listening to an archival episode of Filmically Perfect. minutes after 12 o'clock. Good afternoon. You're listening to Filmically Perfect on 91.3 WYSO, a little something that we do on Fridays. And we assess and send out for your perusal the best movies ever made. Along those lines, I'm so honored to welcome Jay J- Todd Anderson. I almost called you some other thing. Jay Todd, welcome. Hello. Oh, well, there we go. Say it again. Hello, Nikki Dakota. And good afternoon. And also George Williman, who uh, I should say, Jay Todd is the storyboard artist for the Coen Brothers movies for the last 20 years. Jay Todd is likely to find himself uh, preserving those at the Library of Congress, although I guess they're not on nitrate, huh? Uh, no. <laughs> so still. But you can win one today. Hey, how about it? It's from Fargo. We're listening to a little music from Groundhog's Day, our movie of choice. Actually, the uh, gentlemen, the film guys, have deemed this to be, for reasons that they will explain, one of the finest movies ever made. Gentlemen, can you uh, just take a second and let us know the uh, the rules? What is it exactly that qualifies these movies as well, filmically perfect? Well, of course, we have to have our special background music for this. All right, George. That's right. All right, George, hit us. Well, the first rule is they create the world they exist in. And they wholly, these films that we review, they wholly sustain the world that they have created. And regardless of change in society, they retain their meaning and entertainment value. And therefore, we have labeled them perfect. <laughs> it's called filmically perfect and there's something about these films and i have been happy enough to watch along the whole way and i must say gentlemen i agree you have not steered me wrong you know if you if you collect all these movies as we go along and, and talk about them you'll have quite a shelf to impress your friends you i know? think that's true i already uh, am starting one because yeah. this is 20 years of our, our gathering this information um we, we, we've discussed these films many a times and um so we don't we're really really uh very very protective about this property you know so uh, that means we have to put a lot of thought into what we declare as a perfect film and uh this one that uh, you chose we knew about this last week going out and we said hey the next time around it's groundhog's day i'd seen it uh as as a younger girl and saw it again and was delighted it's an amazingly good movie on so many levels and has resonated with people across cultural um, ethnic religious spectrum it has uh, truly without question uh, met the fulfillment of that third uh, sustaining itself through time and cultural changes no question about it but uh, uh, before we talk about the aspects that are perfect George could you give us just a quick little um, what exactly is the action in the movie well it's it's Actually, it's very easy. It's it's about a weatherman played by Bill Murray who is sent to Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania to cover the Groundhog Day events and discovers himself trapped in Groundhog Day. Um, every m- morning he wakes up, it's the same day. And no matter, no matter what he does... 59 turning to 6 o'clock, right. it is Groundhog's Day again. And no matter what he does, no matter how, how he tries to alter it, it always comes, he always has to start over. And, and how many of you have you felt like that? How many of you out there have felt like every day is the same? I've day? often felt that I wished I had could have the opportunity to live a day again. Right? Yeah, so. well, there have been days when it does feel like it's the same day over and over again. <laughs> well, they explore that premise in this movie. He, uh, 
You know, it's kind of like the Coyote and the Roadrunner, only he never does that same gag. He always does another gag. Well, Bill Murray gets to replay these days and, and keep changing out the gags and, and trying a different approach <laughs> to making that day uh, somewhat more livable. So yeah. he's faced with this notion of simply repeating the day over and over and ever. He's in a town he doesn't live with a, a news crew so that he can report on whether or not the shadow is seen, and every day it's the same thing. The second day, he, he feels like maybe he's going insane. The third day, he begins to have a completely different reaction. Action. And by the end, he's really run the gamut. Yeah, and the beautiful thing about this uh, movie, filmically, is is that they set the tone for this picture so that they can compress time and move it and spread it around at their will. You as an audience uh, are, are pretty much at Harold Ramis's uh, and the writer uh, at, and the editor, you know, at their will on how... It could be a day. It could be, as George said, uh, what was it, Danny? Um, um, the, the screenwriter actually said that one of his uh, concepts was that uh, Phil, the main character, is actually stuck in this loop for a thousand years. Right. And, and if you look at it, some of the things that he learns would take many, many, many years to learn. Um, he learns how to, to play piano like a pro. He mm. learns how to speak for $50, French. For $50,000. <laughs> uh, he learns how to create ice sculptures with a chainsaw, you know. <laughs> Taking full advantage of these these opportunities to repeat and over. Now, um, it's something we were talking about it beforehand, George. Uh, it's something that occurred to you and me both because he has a series of reactions to the his his being forced. He has no choice. He just woke up in a time warp. He has to live this day over and over and over. And in the series of reactions as these days, at first I was sort of counting the days as I was watching. Oh, well, that's day five. Right. And then by the end, you can't even. <laughs> there you go. The filmmakers no, got just, you. Time without and your count. time. Your time is actually suspended in this movie. You're, you're suspended, and you forget yeah. about time for just a few seconds there. You know, and what we have in the in the business is called a jump cut, which means that there's no continuity. They take this jump cut and exploit it to its maximum potential, and you don't care because the story is. You sad. don't care, and what is so cool about this is that they not only do they not even try; they don't. I mean, they never even set out to explain what are the physics behind something right. as strange that's, as this that's happening. One of the beauties of this, in, in so many science fiction stories, especially stories and and TV shows, something odd will happen but they always are managed to explain it explain away or explain right. it away and it this one is just sun flare yeah, it, just, you know. it just starts <laughs> it proceeds and then it finally ends you know and there's no explanation of where it comes from yeah, or why there's two really great scenes in there where they they just worked this uh, premise to its you know, it was where he's beating the clock up. He just kills yeah, the clock every and then morning. He, right back to 6 o'clock. Right and then <laughs> Andy McDowell slaps him how many times? Yeah. He's never bruised or anything because he goes right back. Right, he it. begins uh, after a period of time to, to try to uh, pursue the producer for this spot that he's been sent to cover for Punk Satani Phil. Funny that the lead character's name also, also Phil, Phil yes. like the groundhog. Um, uh, he begins to pursue her and does this little trick where every day now he has memory for he retains he his retains memory everybody memory else starts from yeah. zero so he he starts taking notes on what she likes what kind of flower what drink she drinks where she went to high school and then uses an these to wor yeah. woo her and, it, and oh it's just delightful the evolution of uh, of, of of his life, really. You, well, you starts, see the evolution of his as, life. As like a, a joke, yeah. you know. He starts having a good time, and then he wakes up, you know, after he drives his car around, gets thrown in jail, and he goes, "Yes, yeah." And then he he becomes complacent, you know. And then well, that, yeah, I think that's one of the things that you mentioned earlier that we were going to talk about uh, is sort of the idea of of the Elizabeth Kubler Ross's. Stages five, of five grief, stages, stages of, of, of death grief. and dying, yeah. And they are a denial, uh, anger, depression, bargaining, and then ultimately acceptance, which he finally does. And it's only at that point that actually he wakes up 
and it's the day after right. Groundhog's Day. But it's also not only acceptance, but he finally decides to use this for others rather than for himself. Every time he tries to do something for himself, even if it's you know if it's if it's stealing money or right. or, or trying right. to kill himself or trying you know to save someone else just to to sort of actuate his what he thinks are godlike powers, he always starts over. Once he gives that all up and does only for others, then he's allowed to leave. Yeah, he can't escape through death. But he he walks in uh, into a situation where a man dies in this movie, and he finds out it's restricted. He can't go there. Oh, right. The, the it's old, it's like the old yellow man on the police street tape corner. is all around him. I mean, not literally, folks. Not in the movie, but uh, right. uh, metaphorically. But yeah. he's not allowed to go there. You know, he's. <laughs> You can you can try and die as many times as you want, right, pal, he does. but you he can't tries. go to he this area. He jumps off, he tries, steps not in the front rules. of trucks and falls yeah. off buildings, and uh, he like can't care, end it. They're always careful not to kill the groundhog in these situations, too. You know, you find out what's more important, because Bill Murray <laughs> is the groundhog for everybody. He's the guy that they had to kind of work around every day and tolerate. You know? Wow, now see, I totally did not get that, but you're right. Because he's real cynical. He's totally cynical. Yeah. And, uh, and he just functions, and everybody just kind of functions around him, but he's really uh, it's like entropy. He's just not going anywhere. He's just decaying. Well, and if, if you think of it this way, of sort of a, of his shadow self of being sort of this dark personality. Yeah. Every morning he gets up, and since he's the groundhog, he sees his shadow. And it's only at the end, at the very end, when he gets rid of his shadow and he doesn't see it, is he allowed to to go on with his life. Ooh, and remember, remember, he's a weatherman, too. They're right. always predicting the cone of probability, you know, and they always say what's, you know, because they don't really know. Yeah, and, oh, and then you, the, the opening shot, one of the opening shots, he's in front of a green screen. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen this, folks, but your weatherman is standing in front of a blank screen. They had to kind of look at a TV monitor. To, to see where their out. hands are relative yeah, to whatever image. Yeah, and they keep image. popping that back and forth so you understand. But he's he's predicting nothing. He has a green screen. You know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and then he sees Andy McDowell, and, and she's playing with it. She's floating, she's wearing a blue know? coat by chance. Right, so and so she disappears screen. except for her head and hands on the screen. Very, and, very interesting. You know, like uh, one of my friends, he, he called this. If you go to the IMDb, the Internet Movie Database, you'll hear all the comments about this because this movie is going to hang around for a long time. Oh, yeah. And uh, the comments are really fascinating. One of my friends says this is like a sci-fi movie without the mad scientist pulling all the levers. You know, like in Star Trek, the... You know, the spaceship is flying into the big storm. And, you know, like you said, they had sure. to explain that. Yeah. Well, not in this movie. <laughs> they don't even try. And, right. and, and the beauty you know? of it is that you you don't it, it, you don't ever, as a as a viewer, want that. You're like, oh, right. it's it's a repeating day. And it's just like, it's quick as that. It's, it's, well, it's a, and I think one of the things that adds to its perfection is that you can sit down and watch this movie and just enjoy it. I mean, like like any, any great comedy, you just sit there and laugh with it and have a good time. But there's so much else into it that if you're into that uh, Harold Ramis uh, speaks in an interview about how after the film came out uh, different religious groups the Buddhists uh, Christians would would write to him and say this film is amazing it, it, it talks about uh, what what our religion is all about now how interesting it's so well written let me remind everyone that this is filmically perfect we're talking to J. Todd Anderson and George Williman and we're uh, taking a look at the movie Groundhog Day which 1993, qualifies 1993 Bill Murray Andy McDowell Chris what a Elliott, great year directed by Harold Ramis of seconds these people were all Second City TV people you know except oh, for even, Andy uh, I think Chris Elliott as well I, I don't think he did. He was definitely the guy under the stairs the writers, yeah, uh, but, on, but, on Letterman. Then. Chris Elliott has a great comedic background because his father was Bob Elliott of, of. Bob and Ray. So, <laughs> what a household to grow up And you were talking about how well written this picture is. It's it has a really beautiful line in there where he's 
he's trying to sleep with Andy McDowell. Yeah. So he tries yeah. this over and over and over again. But he has to do it within the course of a day. And they're making a, a snowman or something. And yeah. she says, he says to her, he's trying to, you ever have a deja vu moment? She yeah. goes, didn't you just ask me that? You know? So oh. she's like one step ahead of him. Great line. Great line. Oh, it is. It is fantastically well written, and I know that uh, initially everybody passed on it because they just thought it was too weird of a premise. Oh, Groundhog Day, how cute, and the day repeats, and then <laughs> time and time again. And it was a, a friend of uh, of uh, Harold Ramis that insisted that he read it, and I guess he was sort of in tears by the end. And incredibly well written. Was it a short story then? Do you know? I, I think Danny Rubin, who wrote the screenplay, wrote it just as a screenplay. I mean, he started oh, okay. out with Which the is, intention. Oh. It is. It is a premise that shows up in a lot of science fiction and. As, you know, but I do, I do not believe that it's ever been done as it's well. Oh, yeah. so and it's never been balanced. Su- it's and it's sustained. You know, it, the, and our it rules. never it never drags. Holy it sustains that world. Right, That's everything right. goes That's through. Right. And and what's interesting is that since then, the term Groundhog Day has become so you're so right entrenched with this film more than even the holiday. Um, a few years ago, the 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 science uh, you know regular science fiction show Stargate SG One did an episode where some of the characters get stuck in a time loop. And although it has a, another title, I think it's called Window of Opportunity, oh. all the fans now know it as, they call it the Groundhog Day episode. And it is. I mean, people use it. It's, it's become oh, yeah. a term you, that is understood. How you doing? Hey, every day's Groundhog Day, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about it, it, it? Really, it really has had an effect on. It's on almost people. like we should have another category in filmically perfect that not not just filmically perfect, but, but uh, contributed to our the language. You know, I mean, actually changed the way we speak. Well, like the, last week, when, you know, when David Chappelle was here, and no. he says, "What are you guys doing next week?" And we said, "Groundhog Day." He goes, "That's every day of my life, man." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows what you're talking about. Exactly. Filmically Perfect on 91.3 WYSO, looking at an amazing movie uh, from 1993 called Groundhog Day. And I have to tell you that um, I ended up watching it over. I love the amazing use of um, the the repetition thing because, I mean, that's how, for example, I can learn anything. I have to have it repeated. So it's so such a beautiful that they tapped into that, you know, device, this very human uh, sort of need in some ways to repeat. I know like when my kids see a, a, a movie that they like, they want to see it over and over and over and that's just well, a groundhog day is the movie for them isn't it <laughs> you can say that again one thing i want to mention is this is one of the perfect films that we have there's very few of them that went straight to the screen was written for the screen most of them come from previous uh, like books or material short stories um serials but this is one of the this is a real pure movie because it was designed and built for the screen it was written with that in mind with filmmakers because these guys were Ramus and uh, uh, Bill Murray, they're all craftsmen, man. They were comedic craftsmen. All this stuff they've done for years and years has, is kind of combined into this amazing little picture that will probably stand the test of time. Uh, this thing has got legs, no pun intended, of course. Mm-hmm. People will be watching this movie for a long, long time. You know, I, I did see it when it came out, which would have been 13 years ago now, and I do remember liking it, but I got so much more out of this watching, which absolutely speaks to rule number three about the sustaining through time. Um, and I wonder, maybe because I'm a more mature person now, I just simply am older and wiser that I was able to see these subtleties. And you're right, it's it keeps just applying exceptional. To your, it keeps applying to life and culture as it goes on. Well, I know that I'm absolutely no more mature than I was 13 years ago. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, I I got so much more out of it watching it the other night. Um, it, it does it does it, it says a lot for it. 
It really does. So filmically perfect in every sense of, uh, of that. Colonel and uh, would you like to uh, give out your email address in case somebody would like to contact you with maybe suggestions or comments on the show? Yes, indeedy. It's all set up and it's ready to go. It is filmguys, that's plural, filmguys at perfectmovie.net, N-E-T. Film guys at perfectmovie.net send your inquiries. Yeah, tell us about their your way. perfect movies yeah. and why you think they're perfect. You yeah. know? Or remember, just let us know you're out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember, we don't rank things. Think about it in the concept of not ranking it one better than the other. Don't it's think not about the it top like, ten. Think list. about no. it like a Mona Lisa compared to a Rembrandt or something, or you know. Right. We we the give sixty four Browns compared to the you know. <laughs> the, the 73 Patriots or whatever, you know, whatever, like, however you think, man, whatever yeah. your scale is, yeah, yeah, guys, yeah. you know. Yeah. So take a second, connect back to the film guys at perfectmovie.net. Is it, it's not the film guys, it's film guys. It's just film guys. Film guys at perfectmovie.net. And of course, you can always email me, Nikki, at wyso.org. That's N-I-K-I at wyso.org. Next time around, it's Sunrise, one of the last uh, silent movies ever made, correct? That's correct. And uh, truly lovely, a German offering that uh, is remarkable. In, and, it, and let me add that although it, it's not a film you're going to find at your local video store, for those of you who have Turner Classic Movies, it is on this Sunday at 12 midnight on their Sunday Night Silent oh, Series. Oh, hey. Yeah, we're so. turning up the wick uh, here on the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the Perfect Movies. This is this goes back to 1927, so uh, believe it or not, they were making movies in 27. That's right, and it was the only film to ever be given an Oscar for quality of production. And that doesn't make you want to go seek it out, nothing will. Check it out, Sunrise, next week's featured movie on Filmically Perfect. J. Todd Anderson, thank you. What's hey, that? My my pleasure, Nikki. Uh, we can't wait to get in here and talk to you. George mm-hmm. Williman. Thank you, as always. Thank you so much for coming. Film guys at perfectmovie.net. Thank you for listening to an archival episode of Filmically Perfect. Please keep an ear out for new episodes of Filmically Perfect, coming very soon to iTunes and hosted on our website, www.filmically.com perfectmovie.net See you, please?